Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, a global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Today my guest is Lorraine Tallman. She is the founder and the CEO of Amanda Hope Rainbow Angels, and their mission is to bring dignity and comfort into the harsh world of childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Please help me welcome my guest today, Lorraine Tallman. Hey there. Good morning. Well, we have known me. each other. Yeah. <laughs> We have known each other for a few years. We share a journey of the same, and we found purpose in, in our pain, so there was some positive and, and helping other people. And so I'm so glad we can actually connect again on my new platform, so welcome to my new platform. Exciting. You look, you look fabulous on the big screen, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and I know that you are actually at this at your center, at your place of work right now, so I do appreciate your time and the environment that I get to actually be a part of as well as our guests. But before we get started as to what the Amanda Hope Rainbow Angels is, mm -hmm. I want you to tell me a little bit about your daughter as to why this was founded. So, uh, I mean, our charity is called Amanda Hope Rainbow Angels, but it's that was actually my daughter's name, it's Amanda Hope. And so when she was um, nine, she she was diagnosed with leukemia. And then we found out all about the treatments for childhood cancer. And um, some of the news was very devastating because there's not been a lot of research for childhood leukemia at all. And we're still using drugs from 1950 and 1970 to um, you know, battle cancer for children. And unfortunately, there's just an enormous amount of side effects and um, problems with that treatment. And so after you know going through it for three years, we discovered that um, the side effects could affect her hearing, her heart, her kidney, her liver, and you know all these different things that we were um, trying to battle against. And when we were finally finished, and um, I mean, truly out of the three years, she was getting chemotherapy, whether it was in her spine, like a spinal tap, or in her thighs, or um, through her port, uh, we spent almost two years solid in in the hospital, and so um, just the devastation of that, and with her sisters and our family, and me constantly being there, it was really really hard on, on the family. So when she finally, after three years, was cancer free, and we could stop the treatment, um, you can't even imagine how excited we were. And we, you know, tried to get back to life. And of course, there was a lot of PTSD with hearing ambulance sirens and certain smells and whatnot. So we really found out that mental health was a big, you know, issue um, with fighting any disease. There's, you know, always this fear. And even her sisters had a terrible fear of her not coming home or something happening. So we were dealing with a lot of that stress. My husband had ulcers. I mean, it was it was a lot. And then we, you know, went to I get me getting back to work because the financial devastation was horrific. And um, we went to I went to work, and then you know a couple months went by, and you know we we're still taking her down to the clinic to be tested, and it keeps coming back negative, and we're you know extraordinarily grateful. And then one day um, they had a bring your child to work day. 
And um, Amanda wanted to go to work and be, you know, a normal kid. And so I got to take her to work with me. And then um, one o'clock that afternoon, she started with this migraine. And I was like, totally terrified because that was one of the signs she had when she was first diagnosed with mm. cancer. And so I rushed her to the pediatrician and said, you know, she has a headache and it's really bad, just like before. And he checked her all out and he's like, Lorraine, you know, she's fine. It's just a normal headache. And I thought, you know, you think it's like normal? What's normal? Like my life was so not normal for three years. Right. It was like, oh my God. And so I had brought her home and um, put her to bed and, you know, do the mom thing, chicken soup, you know, all the go-tos. And about 45 minutes after we home, she at home, she let out a scream and um, I went running up the stairs and she was paralyzed on the left side of her face. And oh my gosh. And, um, you know, I was sobbing, she was sobbing and, you know, I'm trying to get her in the, you know, in the car and she's screaming, no mommy, no more needles. No, I can't do it. And rushed her back down to the ER and um, they were doing scans. And then we found out that, you know, one of the drugs they gave her, gave her a brain tumor. And a so brain tumor. a brain tumor for the second oh, time. So God. here we are 12 and now we're fighting a brain tumor, um, which was connected to the leukemia. So, you know, we, here she is 12 and we have to tell her that, you know, she has to fight cancer all over again. And, mm -hmm. you know, lots of tears, lots of fear, um, you know, and she already knows the treatment, right? She knows what mm -hmm. she's going to go through and, mm -hmm. uh, terrified and so were her sisters and you know so you know it was my husband and, and you know me and it was like we could have really used help like for counseling and coaching you know, all these things and we you know that wasn't even possible you know insurance didn't pay for any counseling back then or you know all of that and here i am thinking i've got to quit my job again and you know here we go so I so I know that she, she did not survive the brain tumor, no. that's correct. Yeah, she, she didn't, but um, she just be, became this really old soul and wanted to advocate for other children. And, um, you know, at 12, she'd have to lift her shirt up and be in a chemo room, and there'd be a grandfather there. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the room mm -hmm. at the time. And she hated it with a passion. And so one night she had a dream about a you know, adaptive apparel called, and called it Comfy Cozies for Chemos. But well, so before, we get, so before we get into that, I actually want to learn more about your organization because there is a lot of questions, but I want to have ask, I want to ask questions first too. Because <laughs> I, know, I know how passionate you are because I'm just as passionate, but um, I want to get a couple of minutes to ask a couple of questions. So, yes. you, so unfortunately she passed away and that, that's a hard thing to to deal with the loss of a child as you and i both share that for different yes. ways but we do share that it's still a, it's still a void and a hardship in our heart and anyone else that was touched by our children so you came up with this organization which is the amanda hope rainbow angels which i love it i've seen a lot of your events i hear about all the stuff that you're doing i've been to a couple of your events as well um i saw the mission Tell me the vision that you had at the time that now we'll go into more as to what this actually does for a lot of children and their families today. So the vision um, was from Amanda that we would be 
the, you know, the hand up. There's because between the mental health, the financial devastation, the dignity, the education, there's so mm-hmm. like mom mentoring and helping a mom, you know, having a mom that's been there to help you get through it. There's, mm-hmm. there were just so many huge gaps in, um, in the care and being able to help the family because when you have cancer, you have no immune system, which means you're isolated. So, you know, we, even when you do get to go home, you don't let anybody come and visit on the fear that they may bring something into your home that literally could cause your child's death. Because if they don't have any white cells, you know, there's no, no, nothing for them to bite off an infection. No, so no. And it was like, what can we do? And, and you know, Amanda was like, you know, that she wanted to be a normal child. So she was just like, how can we, you know, have something that's normal for children? So that's really where all of our major distractions and all the parties that we do and right, the different right. events that we have is to try to create these normal moments for children that are so severely immune compromised. So I took a look at your website and I saw that you have a lot of fun things to do that a child doesn't have to feel like they have to live differently because something is different about the way that they are living, if that made sense, I think so. Um, So tell me more about what you do and then we're gonna talk about that fabulous shirt that's sitting right next to you. So um, we we have, you know, we are trying to create memories for children when they're going through the treatment. So we call them major distractions. And so whether we're going into the hospital to paint nails or provide ma- meals or bring crafts or whether we're, we have this beautiful um, center here where you know healing and hope is everywhere, um, where we do play therapy and music and art and, um, and you know theater play, anything to make the children, our children feel you know, that they're having a normal life. We have game night and taco nights and we have family fun festivals where companies come in, they all set up booths so they can do crafts and paint their faces and, um, you know, donking machines, obstacle courses in the backyard, remote control cars spinning all over the place. So we're constantly doing different events um, from everything for the children. But it's not, the thing that I love about what we do is it's not just for the children that, that, diagnosed with mm-hmm. with whatever, you know, whether it's cancer or, you know, dialysis or um, hemoc, d- different things, but it's for the siblings, the mom and dad and grandma and grandpa too, because so much of your life is isolated. When we do an event, we try to bring the whole family together. Well, this is a, this is a journey, yeah, and this is a journey that the entire family's on, not just the child. The child is the one that's actually going through the treatments and the emotions yeah. that they are, but there's also emotions that are going with the family members and their their own view of what um, that child is going through, which can be very heavy. And so it's good that you have these events and these functions that the outside world can come into a very protected environment that a child can still, and the family can still have fun. They just don't have to pay the prices that we do when we go to amusement parks and go to these other places. <laughs> and they simply don't have the money. You know, there, there's just no way. So even when we do an outside event, we pay for everything for the families to be there because oh, it's not possible for when you're, I mean, the chemo bills and everything else that come on, you know, anybody that's fought a disease with insurance knows that insurance is not even close to paying for what a child needs. 
Well, now you talked about a, a few different things, and especially when it comes to the financial. We know that is a very huge burden on a lot of people when it comes to the medical industry, the, the, the medicines, the everything. The, I'm not even going to list it all because you are in the environment all the time, so you know what it is. Um, what kind of programs do you have that uh, a family would not know that are available when they get into a situation like this? Which I don't want to say I hope they don't because I don't want anyone to go through it, but should someone do need your services, how would they be able to go through your program? So we're very connected with all the social workers and all the hospitals here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So um, if there's a financial burden or they need a birthday party or they want their transplant room decorated or whatever it is, the social workers work very closely with our counselors mm -hmm. and our social workers. So um, the needs are brought to us immediately and then we're able to um, take care of them you know, quite quick, quite quickly. And even like gas prices doubling like they have, you know, we're able to just send the family gas cards yeah. and things like that. So it's just that we work so closely with the social workers that we're able to just meet, we call them the here and now needs. What do they need today? You know, do they need groceries? Do they need gas? Do they need their car fixed? Do they need an air conditioner? Like what is it that is going to help them today? And um, so that's how we we're able to so help and now you're located, are you located inside the Phoenix Children's Hospital or on their campus? No, we're not, we're not in the hospital. We're probably 10 minutes away. So we're on Coronado and 3rd. And so, which is wonderful because even if a mom is in um, the hospital, I love, they, a mom can come over and say she wants a massage or reflexology or, you know, cranial work or, you know, something for her or, or their dad. They can come here and get it and sometimes our children are in the front getting play therapy with our therapist and mom's in the back getting a massage it's nice <laughs> yeah you know sometimes you don't get a lot of personal touch when you're living in the yeah. hospital or, you know it's so stressful so we, we you know we do a lot of integrative health um here so, so help so the whole family and, we t and you just talked about the stresses, talked about the financial. Now we're going to talk about this very cool tie-dye uh, fashion statement, but it's, it's also a multi-purpose uh, functional thing. It's not just a t-shirt. So tell me more about this fabulous shirt that's sitting next to you. So Comfy Cozies for Chemo is the official name. And, you know, Amanda hated her entire body being exposed, so she had a dream about how we could have different... Um, compartments for their port and their brodiac. There's slits down here on the side for their feeding tubes and their bloodlines. And there's pockets inside for when they're not hooked up to the IV pole. These little tubies can go in the pockets so they're not um, scratching your skin. So it's really, um, you know, this one's a little dress, so it's really cute. We have about 60 designs. We have them for adults and for children. They um, and providers love them because it's, you know, quick access to, to the ports so, and it's clean. So, they, and, and what's powerful is the kids are now um, participating in their care. So they're like, do you want the left side or the right side open? Um, you know, do they have to access? And even if they fall asleep, you know, the nurses or the, they know that bloodlines go to the right, IV lines and feeding tubes can go to the left. So it, it literally manages all of their lines and you know especially our kiddos from transplant you could have 20 different lines coming out of their little bodies and so you really want something that manages where all the lines go now 
I didn't really get to see all of it because part of the screen cuts it off. So would you want to do me a favor and bring it in more into the screen so anyone else could see this designer comfy cozy shirt that you just described is so helpful uh, and so discreet. There's nothing like wearing a gown that has to be, you know, tied in the back and everything's exposed and then you're uncomfortable. So this is like a t-shirt. It's a oh, t-shirt, yeah. And there's the pocket. And so basically, you know, when the children go in, we don't even have to give them Ativan or Benadryl to calm down the excess they're for it. The children are like, do you want to do the left side or the right side? It really is like an empowering tool for them. Okay. And then, you know, this one's a little dress and it has the slits on the side for all of the, um, the, the lines that can be managed from above. So this, you know, at all of our chemo apparel is, um, the fabric is amazing. It's very soft. We actually um, found um, a ministry in India where the, the woman that makes all of our comfy cozies, they're handmade by women that have been rescued from domestic violence or oh, um, wow. So they're all handmade. And, and you know, not all of them are 100% perfect, but they are 100% made with love. So it's a great um, tool to teach um, women in India how to sew. And then, you know, they can work their way up to those gorgeous, sorry, gowns and beautiful, you know, vibrant colors that India is known for. And so I love it. they're all wonderfully lovely made. And we have them and they go from newborn to 2X and adults. So we actually sell the apparel to adults to help subsidize um, what we do for children. So Very it's, nice. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, that, yeah. that is so neat. And, and I love the fact that you just said that they're made by women who um, they needed that, give that love, I think is what you said. What is that? Yeah. Give one, help one, and they're helping a lot of people here. And I'm sure they get a lot of um, blessings out of it, knowing that they had something that they went through. And I wouldn't say rewarded. I think that's the bad word, a bad word to say, but they're giving back. When someone else they, helped they them get up, yeah, yeah, I love they're that. Learning how to sew, and they're helping children. You know what? What? You know, women wouldn't want to do that. I mean, it is such a win, and the women love it. They love learning how to sew. They love making the comfy cozies, and you know, it, it's so rewarding to them. So it's I'm going to ask, with all the different things that you have available through. Um, your organization and, and this shirt of yours and how it actually goes and extends out of what you actually are doing, which is beautiful. Do you have any story or a story? We, have, we could tell stories all day long. I uh, don't have the time for all those, but do you have a story in particular that you want to share that was either with a family or mm -hmm. a child that just wasn't comfortable and then they became as comfortable as they could coming through the program whatever the process is, and I don't even know, so I don't want to assume. Do you have a story you want to share with us that One was a success? My, my favorite successful stories is we actually had a little girl that was autistic, and anyone that has worked with an autistic children, you realize that schedule and the way you do things is has to be followed, or they can, you know, they're sensitory. They can get very upset when things don't follow a certain pattern or schedule of the way things are. And so we had um, a young girl that we were giving comfy cozies to who was autistic, but because she learned that this was the apparel that you put on and that she got to open it up for the doctors and it became a part of the routine of her treatment, she went from being 
screaming on the ground, not wanting anyone to touch her or take her shirt off or to get her port access, to actually, um, you know, being empowered. No, this is the way you do it. Now, you had to let her do, you know, openings and things like that because that's what made her comfortable. But, you know, we no longer had to give her Ativan or Benadryl just to access the port and, you know, and she's that's now cool. cancer-free and doing wonderful. But, okay. you know, her mom said, I don't know how we would have done it without the comfy cozy because, you know, she gets dressed in the morning, right? And when you when you have children that are autistic, they get dressed in the morning, they put their pajamas on at night, but they don't change their clothes during the day because it's not what you do. But with, you know, getting her ready for treatment, she's like, oh, no, this is what I do for my treatment days. It was phenomenal just to see, you know, how something just, you know, so simple as adaptive apparel could literally turn around a treatment plan for a little girl. And another great story was I had a teenage boy who was a football player. And, you know, people think, oh, that's for girls. Well, he lost so much weight when he was going through cancer treatment that now he's, you know, all skin and bones. And, you know, in the Phoenix Children's Hospital or any pediatric hospital, you know, when you're 16, 17, and you lose that kind of body mass, then they, they don't want the young nurses looking at them. And mm -hmm. so he loved the apparel because he could just show the part of his body that he wanted to show and get access and get the treatment that he needed. And, and he was no longer totally embarrassed about his body because now, um, he could be cared for and accessed by all the, you know, the, the young nurses, and it was magical for him. So, you know, there's a story about a young teenage boy versus, you know, a little girl. So, um, we have, you know, we get, we have, of course, we get stories all the time. But I love those two because it's just two different. They absolutely are, and I'm glad that you had those two because people would think you were already talking about a small child, but. The teenagers, we have, they have egos. Um, they're sensitive too, and yeah, you just gave the story. And it was a boy in, in a tie-dye shirt. Uh, I'm not so sure of being a football player. So it's great that you gave both of those stories. Yeah. And like you said, you have a lot of successful stories, I'm sure, that you can share that these, are, yeah. these kids yeah. can have. I bet it makes for a, a good day for these kids to come in there and feel confident, even though they're going through something very difficult. And, and you know, it's kind of like a high five. Like in the hospital, there's a lot of different, you know, diseases that are being fought. But all the kids that have a port, a central line, they have, you know, whether it's black tie dye or navy or rainbow colors or whatever it is, it's kind of like a high five. Like they all know they're part of this, you know, they're warrior, all wearing a cool trend. warrior groups, right? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's very, very, very cool. You know, like a, you know, team shirt. Now I've gone through a few things here and I don't know the journey in which you're in um, and the, the kids that you see day in and day out. Is there anything that I did not ask that you want to make sure that we are aware of? This is I your think, highlight time. Yeah, I think the number one thing I would love is, um, you know, if you hear, uh, you know, a congressman or a senator or someone and you know, we, we get so little research dollars for children. You know, it's it's over 50 billion we spend in research for adults and it's, you know, about oh, five, about 544 million for children. So there's a million for children and a B billion for adults. And 
Um, you know, every two minutes a child is diagnosed with cancer, and you know, every 10 minutes a child dies. And so, it, and it's the number one disease killing children in America today, and yet it's the least funded. So wow. I, I just really want people to know that you know, pharmaceutical companies aren't taking up this bandwagon because so many more adults get cancer than children, but yet. Children are the ones that are dying the most, and you know the average age of a child's four. The average age of an adult is like in the 60s. So, you know, we're not even really giving our children the future that they deserve. And you know, we we know the cures out there, but we really want everyone to to even work together. Sometimes I feel like every you know you've got different organizations raising money to find the cure to be that hero, and I would love a global. You know where everybody shares all the information, so you don't have someone spending, you know, two hundred million over here researching something that somebody's already spent five mil, five hundred million over here researching. Like I, I would love for it just to be a global database where everyone shares what they're doing, so we don't waste a lot of research dollars. And so, you know, there are groups that are coming together, but oh, I would love it if you know. Because you hear of things in Italy and you know Israel and Germany, like oh we've got this, you know, and you want it here. You know, I even know families that fly to Germany for treatment. Mm -hmm. you know, why isn't everything available everywhere? And, yeah, and that's like. Really yeah. If I ever if I ever have a show that I have someone that can answer that question, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so just, knowledge is powerful. Um, I was going to say before I ask my final question, you and I share the journey of losing a child, different ages, different situations, different reasons, um, and in that pain, we found uh, joy in helping others. And sometimes I and, I, and that's how I founded Stories of Hope, is so I could give back in the memory of my daughter by what I'm going through, but people that. I couldn't reach out to it, I had no idea what I was going through. I allow that to be what my guests do is, hey, you're not alone, you do have a voice, there are other resources, there are other people walking this journey. So I found the way to, whoever it touches, when it's supposed to be touched, or how it's you know extended out there, that's what I do, just like what you're doing. And you actually have twofold there. You have ladies that you're helping in another country um, make money, but as well, find some comfort after having gone through something of their own. So I want to just say I commend you. Oh, thank you. I truly yes. love yes. our, you know, our Amanda Hope home and, and everything that we do. It's, yes. it's really remarkable. It is. And you keep changing lives um, one day at a time, as I always say. But yours is more like a family at a time, not just one day at a time. It's a family at a time. It's a family at a time at a time and even our families that lose ch children you know we have these beautiful remembrance nights for them and mm -hmm. our grievance counselors are incredible and and so you know we're, we're just part of the journey we're and wherever absolutely. the family is we want to be a part of that journey absolutely so i have a final question but it has nothing to do with your organization you ready for this one okay <laughs> okay I always ask this question because if I was only given one question to ask a person to figure out whether I knew what they were going through or knew something about them that I could walk away from and never see them again, it would be this question. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of your life? I, 
I would say that um, as difficult and as painful as some of our journeys are, there's always a, um, the silver lining is that you can take your pain and, and turn it around to help somebody with their pain. Nobody gives a better hug than somebody who's been there, done that. And so I love being alongside of children and, and moms that are going through incredibly painful times and being that one that, you know, Amanda used to say big hugs. So I like being the, the mom, no matter where I am, that gives big hugs. And if I can create the most best days for someone, you know, job well done. It I makes it a little easier. Yeah. It makes yeah. it a little easier on us in our days. You know, maybe yeah, my friend used to say, you know, you help where you need it. You know, so mm -hmm. you need help in a certain area personally, that's where you should go and provide help. And then it'll come back to you like a full mm -hmm. circle. So give what I, you want yeah. and then it comes back to you. I know about that full circle. I enjoy yeah. seeing those full circles for sure. So I love that you said that. Thank you for giving me that. Uh, wisdom, we'll, we'll call it wisdom, because we all have wisdom within our journey because we've been through something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are who we are because of where we have been. Yeah, the winter seasons can be good. You know, I'm a grandma now, so it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is good. Yes. Thank you for being my guest today. I am so glad we finally got to connect yet again. Um, it's been a couple of years. We all have been through a few different things in the last couple of years, personally and professionally, but I'm glad that we could connect again and that I could share your journey, your story, and the legacy of your daughter, Amanda Hope. Thank you. I'm sure she's smiling down about all the time. And, and I want you to share this one thing because you put it in your emails. What is it that you always say about Amanda? Big hugs. Yeah, big she hugs. always say big hugs, mama. There you go. Everything we do is about big hugs. Yeah. And that's for that's for her and from her. So we'll yes, we'll leave exactly. it with that. Little angel Thank kiss. You. Yes. Oh wow. I love doing what I do. I want to thank my studio sponsor, the Motivated Mind Group, a global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story that would help someone else along their journey, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care. <laughs>